Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm Justin Mazzaro. I'm the host. And today I have with me my lovely co-host, who's actually going to be the host today, Deborah Micus. How are you doing, Deborah? I'm good. Hi. She's also my significant other and, and a very beautiful woman to be in the studio with. So thank you for doing this. You're welcome. Today we have Carl and Allie Warner with us today from Atlanta, Georgia, and they run the Running Latte Food Truck. How are you guys doing today? We are great. We're doing awesome. We're so excited to have you guys today and to hear all kind of about your story and how you all got started. So, you know, to get to kick us off, would one of you be so kind as to kind of tell us how did you start in this whole deciding to have a food truck and becoming an entrepreneur? Is this your first go at being an entrepreneur? Uh, yes, ma'am. I am a master baker and I made so much money for other people for years. <laughs> well, one day my boss came in and told me specifically what I made and I asked her, I said, well, can I get a 5% you know, uh, increase in page for cost of living? And she said, well, we'll talk about that next quarter. So after you make me more money. And I decided at that moment that it was time for me to take my skills on the road. Literally on the road as a food truck. And so how, how of all the options did you pick a food truck versus being a baker yourself or having a storefront or doing it wholesale for other people? Like how'd you decide that venue? I'm going to give your audience uh, a piece of game that I hope resonates with them. Okay. Okay. If you have a storefront, a brick and mortar, your primary task no longer becomes your food. It becomes getting people to come to that brick and mortar. So you better hope that you pick the prime location. And I'm going to give you something else, McDonald's, Subway, and they have those. So when you have a food truck, you don't care if the client comes to you, you go to the client. The city, especially nightlife, is so underserved with fine dining. And people are weary of just roaming the streets. But if you pick the right club location, the right bar even, because most bars don't have kitchens, you will justify why you didn't get a brick and mortar. Don't have the people come to you. You go to them. And so it'll be all about your food. So I love that idea. And, um, but I, a little bit it, is, it sounds like you're in pursuit of finding your client a lot. And I love that you can do that through coordinating with other businesses. It seems like a really brilliant idea. I love it when companies work together, but so how do you do that? Like, how do you go about figuring out where you're going to put your truck? And because I know like a lot of food trucks, they literally post on a weekly basis where they're going to be. And so how often are you moving your truck to different locations and how do you decide what that good venue is for you? Well, one of the things that you do is trial and error. First of all, yeah, you're going to fail first. <laughs> and once you waste enough food, you're going to start being more targeted in your approach. If I can give any food truck operator any uh, help, it would be in target the audience that is least served. See, McDonald's and all the major corporations, they specialize in the lunch and dinner. You have very few restaurants now that focus on breakfast. You have your Waffle House. You have very, very few that focus on late night. You have crystals and things that people don't want to eat. 
So <laughs> if you find your niche, your niche will find you. Right. If you find your niche, your niche will find you. We have sowed a seed to where we were at one venue and then we went to another and we found a more permanent. We have people from our original places coming to us. So the key to any type of um, like food truck operation and trying to figure out where should I be? Where you should be is where the crowd is. That's your, the most simple question. Don't, don't, don't try to concentrate so much on, you know, the bells and whistles. Make a fine quality product that people will say, oh my God, I got that off a of food truck. Right. So did you guys pick your menu and did you pick all your items based on that concept? I mean, you're making it, I'm hearing you say that breakfast and late night is really the underserved market. So was that the impetus of you guys deciding what your truck was going to be, what your menu was going to be? Is that how you did that? Okay. So check it. One of my most popular dishes is salmon croquettes french toast and scrambled eggs with cheese it's it satisfies the savory and also the sweet and then one of my other foods is um a chicken and waffle and see because i work what i call the bar let out or the club scene that through that three o'clock to almost eight o'clock in the morning um market you want to serve things that soak up alcohol or the things that they <laughs> just want at the club. Right. So my menu is a is a combination of uh, of sweet and savory. Right. I try to capture the the also the essence of the area I'm in. I offer a shrimp and grits. Uh, I offer a uh, also the like I say the chicken and waffle. It incorporates the the southern uh, desire for like fried chicken and things of that nature. But one of the concepts that I found most engaging in, and it kept me alive because see most food trucks are closed now. They're summer flings. They're they're funnel waffles and things of that nature. One of the things that I incorporated into my uh, business is that. My wife, and I have to give her all the credit for this because these are all her recipes. We serve smoothies, and we also have a full espresso bar. So, again, we're serving the crowd that we see is least served at that time. The coffee and espresso that we offer sobers people up. The, the, the smoothies, uh, we have this market of young women that only want to get their calories through something like a smoothie. They don't worry about They... They, they love these smoothies. And my wife came up with flavors like strawberry and blueberry. And she has a, uh, one called Sunrise. It's like a pineapple, pineapple and mango. And so we have a diverse menu. If you're going to, if you're going to have a food truck, right, the gone are the days of the Korean taco, unless you're in L.A. You know, you have to, like, have – there has to be a, an artisan flavor to your, your menu. There has to be. So we pair chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, salmon croquettes and French toast. We try to pair, we try to make ourselves like a what Waffle House would be if they really wanted grown folks there. You know what I mean? So <laughs> right. um, we're, 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 we try to make sure that women are also served. You know, women have a different palate than men. We have a house burger with brisket on it for guys. You know, we have these huge hulking figures from construction workers and stuff coming up asking for that. But we also uh, offer a vegan 
option burger for the ladies because slutty vegan down here you asked about what is another big food truck down here right the number one food truck the number one is called slutty vegan she's already <laughs> been no serious she's been she's been on every local and national newscast because this woman went from food truck to brick and mortar in seven months because like I said, if you if you find your niche, if you sow your food, your niche will find you. Then get your brick and mortar. Right. Because a lot of people hope that the brick and mortar will call the people. But if, if I didn't get out in the crowd and make sure that I passed my cinnamon rolls around, which was one of my strategies, I used to give away free cinnamon rolls just so you came and got something from my trunk. Right. Because I knew that if I got you to my trunk, I would hook you with my menu and its diversity. Right. We hear that so often, the sampling, how people are really, I mean, people, once they sample stuff, they're way more likely to purchase. And that's also been a tool that we've heard a lot of people who have products uh, that go into retail stores. That's how they get their products in is they sample the stores and stuff. So it's great, you know, hearing that that's a similar concept that how to get people to your truck. You know, with that idea, too, you know, I know with bricks and mortar, you had mentioned McDonald's and stuff before. Lots of fast food restaurants kind of clump together. So if a McDonald's goes in or whatever, you'll find a Chipotle and a Burger King and a Wendy's, and they all kind of go in together. And so does the same apply with food trucks? Like, you know, you mentioned the Slutty Vegan. It, do people try to go where she goes so that they it, there's like, you know, more people gather together, if you can all group together, is it a similar concept or do you kind of latch yourself more to the bricks and mortar? Cause like you were mentioning bars letting out and that type of thing. So what's your approach? Like what advice do you have? I'm gonna let my wife answer this one, especially with concerning the slutty vegan. <laughs> but after she does, I'm going to give you some insight in your group versus solo. Excellent. Aspect of, of that. Excellent. Well, initially, I think we found success, uh, you know, when we were just trying to get our feet wet and get out there and jumping in with the group um, to see where everybody else goes. Because, you know, if a whole group of trucks is there, then you're likely to find a good crowd. So in the beginning, that was a great idea. But, you know, as we progressed, we were able to find our own crowds and kind of, you know, you get away from where everybody is. You get your own (laughs) pool going. And then people are starting to come to you, and that's what we ended up having. One of the things about, okay, right. here's the place where the food trucks gather. Uh, Colonial Square, it's on, like, 12th and Peach Street. Now, listen, in order to get in there, you have to, like, know some, you got to know somebody because there's only a finite number of trucks that can fit in this little place. So I go under the philosophy of find my own and mind my own. Uh, I mind my own gold by... Um, one of the things that a, a food truck operator can do to help himself or herself is that you should call your local bar or your local, you know, hangout area where the kids are. Most of them do not have a kitchen because nobody knows how to cook anymore. So you were talking about those those uh, group uh, home uh, burger franchises and things of that nature. Right. Everything comes in a box. There's nothing served fresh. There's such a difference between my burger and McDonald's that I have testimonies from people. Slutty Vegan, she did not follow the crowd because she's vegan and everybody else was, you know, traditional. So what she did was she concentrated on her primary market, which are the young millennials. So she was college bound. Now, I knew I had comfort food and coffee. 
I needed somewhere that I could get to, to where I could go to my primary market, which is, let me sober you up before you drive home right. market. And one of the things about that late night market and not having the competition of the other places, you can take advantage of the technology that now exists. Uber Eats and Poshmark, where else are you going to go? You know, there is no restaurant open between the hours of 3 o'clock and 8 o'clock that can compete with Uber. But it allows you to pair with other businesses, like you mentioned, because you're able to make that club a more appealing club. You know, it's in essence a safer club. An amenity. We make, we make uh, places amenities because, like I said, while they concentrate on liquor, very few places have fine dining. But then you ask me, do we pair with trucks? Yes. Like, the, we, we were at the Met ATL, which is a loft situation with three trucks. Lobster on a roll, Shea Butter Jones, and us. And so it becomes a competition then, you know. And <laughs> one of the things about a food truck is people love, they love to have a, a variety of food items. But everybody has their favorite. It is very hard to compete against lobster on a roll. I'm not going to pay. They have, a <laughs> right. they have a $16 sandwich that sells out. That's so, I mean, amazing. you know what I mean? So, if you can pay $16 and I can't get you with my full waffle and my uh, uh, fried chicken for 10 then, you know, so I always try. I'm one of those people that I, I love to find avenues that are underserved because I want to win and you have so many intrinsic costs with your with your restaurant like we can't afford to be dirty we can't right. we're the most inspected so you have your intrinsic cost of cleaning well guess what if you didn't pick your truck right you have that cost of maintenance if there's so many things that are involved that if you're not careful you will not be concentrating on your food Right. See, I think I'm winning because I'm concentrating on my food. I give you a fine pastry. You don't get your burger on a bun. You get your burger on brioche. Your French toast is made with challah bread because you asked about my background. I am I am a master chef, not a journeyman, not none of that. I have uh, tutelaged under the, some of the finest bakery bakers in the world, and I made it all the way out to Calabasas. Right. And I, I just realized that if you're an entrepreneur, right, you get this, you get this feeling, and you get this thing in your craw, where you get tired of people profiting off of you. So if you're an entrepreneur, man, and you're making a bunch of people a lot of money, you need to ask yourself, what's stopping you from doing it for yourself? Because if anything ever happened to you, they replace you in two weeks. That's right. I read that meme. I read, I'm sorry, you wanted me to repeat that meme, and I wanted to say it because it, it empowered me. An entrepreneur will work 80 hours a week so he doesn't have to work for someone else for 40. And it's so true. It's so true. And, you know, and I think all entrepreneurs really fall into that category. They kind of want to be their own boss. They have a vision of what it looks like. I mean, the way I've always described it is, you know, I don't want to go into a job and say, and have someone tell me, okay, see this piece of paper and there's a blank right here. I need you to fill that blank in. I want to go to work and I want it to be a blank piece of paper and I want to fill in the paper. You know, I have all these different creative ideas. And so I think it's the same concept, you know, like it doesn't really matter how many hours it is, but I want to kind of get to do it for my 
myself. I want to figure it out. And so I love talking to other entrepreneurs and hearing their passion for what they do. And even you, like, it's so great hearing it. I mean, you've kind of twisted what you're, you know, you you come by baking as like really your forte, but you've, you know, morphed it a little bit more into a full menu because it lets you be an entrepreneur and it gives you an angle and stuff. So I wanted to ask you too, you've talked a lot about this late night crowd that you go in search of finding, you know, your group of people and the people who really are going to want your menu. What about the early morning? Like, do you also hang out near like the big high rises and things like that? So people can grab like a delicious breakfast and a hot cup of coffee before heading into the office. Or do you also service that crowd? Yes, ma'am. I have two accounts. First, I do Home Depot. I do their office park. That's another underserved place. The corporate office. The corporate office. I don't have time to grab anything anymore. I, I, <laughs> have, to, I have to spend 80 hours with this guy right here who doesn't pay me enough. So I, I head straight to work. And one of the things that the Home Depot crowd told us was, man, uh, where do you get cinnamon rolls that are made from scratch fresh this early in the morning? See, again, we've moved towards prepackaged foods to where when you make homemade, off the grill, fresh, hot, even even McDonald's, okay, you have an Egg McMuffin, it just tastes so bland now, you know. So the thing about uh, food trucks is that we bring the flavor and spice of the community. So, yes, ma'am, office parks are the – look, here's the thing. One of the things about Atlanta is that a lot of the uh, – there are a lot of vendors that try to place food trucks under the guise of coalitions and things of that nature, but they make you pay for them. Now, look, I've gone to some very good events and made a lot of money, but I had it was like I worked half the day for the person that I paid the, 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 the yeah the fee to be there, and it, and that it really it, that really makes me angry because the food truck operator is like the, the guy who is out there in that food truck. If he's really really serious about what he's doing. He's, he's putting his heart into it. If someone tells me I did something wrong for them or I didn't make it the way they want it, it hurts me in a sense that I failed my job. So the food truck is so new, but it is so millennial. Most millennials don't even have driver's license. It's <laughs> right. you know, true. They Uber and Lyft. Yeah. So what I've become is their default means of, just being where they need where they're at. I'm 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 the laziest. Hey, look, I make it to where that they can just walk right out and say, "Oh, hey, fine dining," you know. And that's why I think that the brick and mortar is going to die, just like the mall died. Right. And no one wants to go to that. No one does that anymore. I remember when I was a kid, you hung out at the food court. That just does not happen anymore because people have Netflix. They don't need to go to the movies. See, the food truck operator, what he does is he goes to where there is a crowd. And if, and another thing you had said, is there an early morning thing? Yes. The early morning, the early morning is also one of the best hours between the hours of 7 o'clock and 11 o'clock. Because if you realize 11 o'clock to 2 o'clock are the major brands hours. Those are the box places that people have gotten used to just going to. So you're competing against them. But if you're in the early morning hours or the very early morning hours, they're not open yet. And so you have a chance, you know, and there's and because now 
No one's on the nine to, nine to five o'clock anymore. You have night owls. We call them night foodies. <laughs> we have foodies that are just late night stalkers. I got a stalker now. And, um, yeah, I'm serious. She stalks with my, she stalks, she stalks with micro kids. <laughs> She's and, like, where, um, where are they? I'm going to go find them. Exactly. No, I, I need to send you this video where she critiques my food and she compares it with as a value with the other restaurants that are open at the time. And it's so funny because she talks about the amount of portions that I give. And that's one of the things also that I would say about a food truck. Our portions are disproportionately better or, or more uh, curtailed to go directly to what we believe our client wants. And so that's another thing I like about my job, there's nothing that, that is on the market that looks like mine. There's nothing on the market that tastes like mine. And I think each individual food truck, like Shea Butter Jones, Shea Butter Jones has a lamb burger that is off the, just, it's just, it just melts in your mouth. Sounds amazing. Lobster on a roll, forget about it. Like I said, if you're with them, if you're with them, you get their cast off and the people that might want to come and get my desserts with it or whatever, you know? So I I always, I always go to him and I give him a free smoothie so he can set it in his window. So they are asking, where'd you get that at? So I'll at least get a couple of people, you know? So that's where you're, you're, do you pair with other people? Yes. Especially during the summertime, because in the summertime, there is not a park, there's not a park, uh, food court, none of that, that isn't, asking for a food truck to come now right. almost all the parks now want us you know and there is premium spots here like Cobb. Cobb their park is the it is the model for what food truck park should look like because it is it is made for families it is made for families but if you know how hard it is to get your truck in there because they only allow a certain amount so the point being is you have to find other parks but the event guide is another valuable source for all food truck operators, especially during the summertime, because in Atlanta, because of the heat and how hot it is, there there, there are so many events going on, you know, right. uh, and in California, too, you know, when it's the same as in California. The reason California enjoys such a vibrant food truck economy is because of the weather and the sunniness of it and just that people are outdoors. You will not, no one wants to just have to congregate in one specific area anymore. Now people are transient. So we're everywhere now and food trucks allow for you to go where they are, find your niche and your niche will find you. I like it. But so you guys are talking about late nights, early mornings. So is that really the hours? I mean, obviously, as an entrepreneur, we're working all the time. And, you know, we're finding time constantly to find new projects and stuff. But I mean, are you is the truck basically working from when bars are letting out until people go into work after breakfast? Is that the hours you're operating? Or it varies because you're also going to parks as people are maybe out, you know, playing on the weekends with their families at the park? Or I mean, how do you figure out what those hours are? Uh, and I also wanted to ask you, I, you know, you and Allie work together. It sounds like, I'm not sure if Allie has another job or if you have another job, but how do you guys balance that too? I mean, it's definitely being an entrepreneur is endless hours and it's nice that you guys are in it together. And, uh, so how do you guys balance that all out? Okay. Be prepared to shout at one another a lot. And (laughs) Allie would never. I, I am so happy that one of the one of the, the the really unique things about food trucks is it seems like you're always ordering our orders, but no, most of the time you're just arguing with each other. So, 
It's a small uh, space. It's a small space. Exactly. You get it. But one of the things like I you had said coordinate, I use the term dance. One of the things about a food truck is that everything she has this little game that she plays where she does her little food I'm sure truck. I've seen it on an Android or on an Apple, those food truck games, the cooking games. <laughs> right, right. Well, it works. It does because one of the things that, especially like, okay, let's say you're cooking shrimp and grits. Well, I have a certain section of the truck, which is the grill and the fryers and things. And she has a certain section of the truck that makes and sets me up. I told her she's my best girl because she's my best suit. And who sets up the show. Right. So the coordination or the dance of it all, She's getting everything ready that I need just to dump my my part of it in, you know, right. and then together it, it does become a marriage of sorts, you know, to where her her presentation and my presentation meld and then we give it to the customer for their reaction. Right. And you had asked you had asked. I, I just want to warn any entrepreneur and I don't care if it's a brick and mortar. If you have a brick and mortar, I would warn you not to concentrate your menu on items or time periods excuse me time periods that are dominated by the major brands because we're no longer that tick tock mr dabalina nine to five society there is an entire like it, it, it blew me away because i'm not a night person but i had to adopt and become one there's an entire culture of late night foodies they have their own hashtags they have their own everything and that's one of the things that i would I had to learn from my wife because <laughs> she taught me that, that hashtags are so important. They're so important. And just knowing to let your, like you said, letting your audience or your niche know where you are. Then like slutty vegan, she could open up when make at cross the street from McDonald's during their best time. And she would beat them. Right. <laughs> she found a niche. Yeah. She make burgers and things for vegans that and that's the new craze beyonce and jay-z just offered for if you go vegan you can come to their concert so these kids <laughs> love veganism you know and she caught that wave and so she can she has that uh, privilege but like a food truck like me because we are like i'm like a fine dining restaurant we're niche so i have to find my audience don't kick back on your laurels as an operator and think, well, Hey, they'll just come to me. That's a brick and mortars mentality. You have to have as a food truck operator, you have to find, you have to have the mentality that if they don't come to me, I'll go to them. Where's, where is it happening at tonight? What's going on? You know? And, and I think that if you have that mentality and you have the ability to adopt an Uber style, Uber style thinking or Lyft style thinking to where, they 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 disturb the entire taxi service by going straight towards target audiences. Right. They went straight at them, and so you have to do the same thing. You have to have that same mentality, a disruptive uh, mentality. You have to be a better cook, and you have to go straight at those audiences that the other industries just that just wave their noses at. 
You know, I love that you guys really have a vision of what it is that you are doing. You, you know, want to be different. You're targeting a different market, a different time zone, and you really have that honed in on. And so with that being said, I'm, I'm curious what, when you guys are looking at the future and at your goals and aspirations, what does that look like? And, you know, I've also mentioned, I've heard you mention several times your sweet rolls, and it sounds like with your background as a baker that they're quite amazing. And so have you ever thought about as part of that future? possibly making those as a retail product or having, you know, an outside line outside of the truck. So what are kind of your goals and what are your thoughts towards the future? Well, the reason that I took your interview is because my thoughts towards the future is linking with like-minded people that may have a little bit more experience than I do, that may have a little bit more reach as far as like markets are concerned, because that's what I've learned. Yes. I, I look, I'm, if I could tell you the amount of times people say, I wish I could find your cinnamon roll. In the, and you know, what I, I all, this is my standard reply. Help me do it. Right. Help me make that reach. So you ask, what are your plans for the future expansion? I believe that the brick and mortar model of restaurant is done. I don't believe that it will exist much longer. I think that you will have your box ones, of course. Yes. But the, the, the now people demand that you bring the service to them. It's in every reach of our lives now. Think about it. When I was a kid, I loved going to movies. I abhor it now. Right. I'd rather just sit home and order it. You know, I don't. Right. Be I, on your own comfortable couch. Well, the, 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 the snacks are cheaper at my house. That's you know? for I don't, sure. <laughs> and Justin just showed me a picture of your sweet roll. And if those are at your house, you know, I'm game. <laughs> oh, wow. No, 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 ma'am. I will, I will. One of the things about me is that um, I really, I really, and you asked about the future is that I'd really like to get into the teaching of, because I believe that baking is a lost art. And I think that we've made it more complicated than it really is. So I would like to show uh, homemakers how simple it is to make the, the we got to stop eating this prepackaged food. We have the time if we just get off of social media and just go into our kitchens to make these things. Agreed. They're simple. They're cheaper. They're a lot cheaper. You shouldn't come to me. You should make them yourselves. And so part of my future plan is because I believe social media has, has, has given us the opportunity. Bad Barbie, that little young lady that everyone wants to play like they don't know, but they do know her. She released her television show, not on CBS, not on Fox, on Snapchat. Right. So we, have, we each have our own television station now, what, we are, what everyone dreamed of back when we were kids, we now have. And so I think that especially in entrepreneurship, when you in, in the food market, that you must demonstrate. We, we, we live in an Instagram, take a picture. You must demonstrate the quality and the freshness and the uniqueness of your food. Right. You, know, you, asked me for, you asked me for another view into the future. Well, one of the things that I believe that will take over will restaurants now is the Lyft and Uber and the Poshmark system of delivery because no one yeah. goes anywhere anymore. No one does. Right. Well, you can bring so much to yourself now. And, you know, I really love kind of your thoughts. It's interesting. There's a lot of um, trends that are happening. And, you know, as you're talking about 
teaching people to cook and and having that for themselves. I mean, we we operate a lot with healthcare, and we're starting to see movements as as people viewing food as medicine is that, and it, and, and if even not even as medicine, as it not making you sick and going back to the basics and back to wholesome food and just true ingredients, not preservatives and not additives and all of those things, we really can help people be healthier. And I think just like you're saying, if you can teach people to get back into the kitchen, you know, eating a sweet roll is really not the worst thing in the world for you. If you're using fresh ingredients that are whole. Yeah. And so I love hearing that. Exactly, exactly. And that's one of the things that I think has been lost. We're, we're not producing fat kids because of what we make at home. We're, we're producing them because of the preservatives and everything that they put in those foods that we just hurriedly grab and feed to them. Right. One of the things about my son is that he has severe allergies, especially when it comes to food. And so we had to learn to make things that were specifically targeted toward him. And I think that that micro-targeting mm-hmm. of people is is the future. It's, wh- it's why Amazon is so huge. Right. I don't need to go here. I'll just target it towards what I want. <laughs> right, for and, sure. And, that, and it's delivered the next day if I have... which is amazing um, yeah Yeah. you know i i I really believe that the thing with your son i'm sure there have been trying times and very you know emotional times because that's hard to see your child be sick or have allergies or difficulties but um there's a woman her um and she owns a company called back to the basics i encourage you to look them up they're also a georgia-based company and she too had a child who had severe allergies and um so she started actually her husband's a farmer and she started making her own wheat. And, you know, cause they said he had all these gluten problems. Well, he wasn't celiac. And so by the, by her processing her own wheat, he was actually able to eat gluten again because she would process it in a more whole way anyway. And so she has a whole line of stuff. She's truly an entrepreneur. She, um, you know, was a stay at home mom and just cooked for her family and did whatever. But the things she was doing for her family, everyone else was like, everyone she would talk to, they'd be like, wait, what are you doing for your son? Wait, I, that I have a kid and this is my need too. And she now does it on a much grander scale. And so at one, for your own child, I would encourage you to look at it because it's some amazing uh-huh. products. But also as an entrepreneur, you know, there's always ways for you guys to maybe put your recipes together and, you know, maybe do it, do something together. But it's a cool opportunity. And, you know, you never know, like a lot of times the hardships in life are where growth happens and where true blessings come out. So, you know, exactly. I encourage you to look her up. Exactly. And one of the things that you just mentioned about entrepreneurship and hearing about other entrepreneurs and their struggle is that it actually buoys you. It gives you the strength to go on one more day, hoping that you have those same successes, you know. And that's why I encourage every entrepreneur to believe in themselves, believe in what you do, believe in what you do and that it has a place and that it's powerful enough to break you through all of the mundane because that's exactly why you did it because you were different. Like you said, when you told the example earlier about not sitting at a desk with a circle, <laughs> being told to write, you know what I was thinking? I always colored outside the line. So, you know, right. I, 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 you want to draw your I own picture. Had, yeah, for sure. I, just wanted, I wanted to make my own. So it, I, I laughed at that when you were saying, I said, she's going to say she colored out the lines, but um, <laughs> Ma'am, I just want to tell you that it's an honor speaking with people that not only um, want others 
to learn from their experience, but also are comfortable enough in exposing others to like-minded people. So yeah. as a, as a, as a, as a, a person of the struggle, the entrepreneurial struggle as a person that believed enough in himself to try. And that's all you have to do. Yeah. For you have sure. to get up and try. That's it. Yeah. You're, you're going to fail. Go ahead. You know, one of the things that I found most interesting is that if you have a 380 slugging percentage, you're going into the hall of fame. That means 60% of the time you failed. Right. You know, so you got to just understand that to catch that lightning in the bottle, you have to be up to the, to the plate taking swings. You got to try. Yeah. You know, and really the failure is where the growth happens. That's where we figure stuff out. I mean, and, and so it's, you know, with that, this is a great segue. We always like to ask people, what, what are some failures? What are some lessons you've learned along the way? What are some things you'd tell younger you or maybe even someone new who's coming into this arena, whether they're just an entrepreneur or a food entrepreneur or having a food truck? Like what advice and lessons have you learned through this whole process? Really quick. Don't laugh too loud and don't cry too long because check this out. You're going to have ups and they're going to be good. You're going to be at this event and it's going to go so well. And then you're going to show up like me and Allie did. And I promise you, no one was there and no one came. (laughs) So you got to say to yourself, hey, let's find the fun in this. You have to be giving. Trust me on this. I have a saying to where when I mess up and I make too much food, I want I give it away because I'm in the business of feeding men and women, not trash cans. Right. So as an entrepreneur, you must help others before that help will come to you. You have to be willing during your mistakes, especially to just laugh it off and make the best of it. And in my business, the best of it is giving it away to people that are less fortunate. I think we're living in a time now that people are learning that you get more by giving. And whether it's not, it's just the word of mouth or whether it's someone Okay, my my wife will attest to this. We we serve this gym for women called Smash. It's in the Met. We love this place. (laughs) And gave they love our spinach omelets and they love the cinnamon rolls so we gave them free cinnamon rolls because they would always buy spinach omelet they came back two days later with a box of to-go um trays and we were like oh wow you know what what would you guys like for that and they were like we don't want anything you thank you and we were like wow and it those are the moments that when you said, what do you learn is this, you're gonna, like you said, you're going to learn most of the things that are beneficial to you in your failures. Like, here's one. You'll learn not to make too much chicken. You'll learn, you'll learn because you'll make it and you'll end up giving it away. <laughs> so there are certain lessons that, you know, and one of the things that Ali incorporated was the smoothies because of how hot it is. You have to look at what the trends are. You must. You cannot be one of those people that just say, I'm going to do this when, like I said. You can't always make it about a sales goal. You kind of have to adapt yourself to what the crowd wants instead of, you know, driving a certain product. 
because if you if you if you think like everybody does barbecue and it was so funny because when we opened up this lady told me i'm so happy that you guys don't have barbecue and so (laughs) it's like that but you had mentioned earlier and um i want to bring this to your audience's attention is this not only is the food truck industry underserved but who serves the food truck industry is underserved the people that would make it so much easier don't exist because it's the, it's taking this city by storm. They had the Super Bowl here. Oh my gosh. It was just so many opportunities that we had to turn down and other people because it's just not there. And one of the things that I say is the primary stumbling block of, of food service of the industry here for food trucks is that the commissary systems do not exist. And so anyone that is interested in just the behind the scenes of, of, of food trucks or any type of this new Uber style delivery system of food, you, you, the opportunities lie right there for you. So talk a little bit about that, Carl. Like, you know, one, what do you guys use as a commissary? Each state has a little bit different rules about this. I've done a little investigating in it myself. And um, so talk a little bit about, like, what do you guys use as your commissary in Georgia? And, you know, what are the good parts and what are the hard parts? Like, if, you know, if you could script it a little bit differently, how would a commissary situation be better for you guys? Well, what we had to do was instead of one just existing that was close to us uh, in proximity, we had to seek out a restaurant that was closed during the time we prepared, which also dictated what hours we would be open. And so it was through trial and error. And because... Um, you can a lot of the brick and mortars don't uh, make the amount of money that they would like during their normal business hours. You can rent out their kitchens and those things exist through, you know, Google searches and things of that nature. Right. But again, you have to be uh, ingenious about how you do things. You have to be, use ingenuity. You have to be diligent. See, the thing about an entrepreneur is you're hard headed. You will not take <laughs> no for an answer. Okay. There has to be a way, right? Of course. There has to be, right? Of course. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't tell me no. I'll find a way. Yes, I will. I, 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 I'm so, I'm so, I can't be any more serious about that. You have to have a stick to about yourself. Allie just informed me and she's grabbing at the phone now. She says it's about to die here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well hey it's we're having fun and it's good to hear about stuff and um i you know it's really been it's been such a pleasure talking to you guys and i love hearing how gracious you are and excited you are for the future um you know knowing your battery's gonna go we'll we'll sign off here um and i also wanted to quickly you mentioned how great it is to have like-minded people and this is really justin's like this is his brainchild to get all entrepreneurs online together so they can share their things and really help one another. And so thank you for being on and thank you for sharing. And Justin, you want to take us out? 
Yeah, well, before we go, I just want to let you guys know we're definitely going to have you guys back on the show. We, I feel like we still have a lot more to cover, so definitely in episode two in the near future, if, if you guys are up for it, that'd be awesome. And uh, with that being said, I want to make sure everyone knows they can find you uh, on Instagram and on Facebook at Running Latte Food Truck. Uh, if you type that in in their search options, you can find them. It's amazing. They have amazing products. And I'm Justin Bazaar. I'm the host. I, today, actually, I wasn't the host. It was Deborah. So thank you, Deborah, for covering for me while I have the flu. You're welcome. And uh, I do appreciate it. And I thought today was a great episode. I thought we really covered a lot about the food truck entrepreneurs. And so with that being said, I'm definitely going to invite Carl and Allie Warner back on the show. And you can find them in Atlanta at Running Latte Food Truck. Uh, I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm the host of Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, and I don't remember the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. And um, so if you like the episodes, please share it with everyone. Please pass it on. Share the love. Deborah and I are doing this free of charge. We're not advertising we're not collecting money for we're just doing it at, because we believe there's a fellowship of food entrepreneurs out there and we can help each other and, and help people live their better lives so thank you have a great week and so long for now